This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Welcome wrestling fans. Welcome to Curtain Jerk and as always I am your host Jacob Grandi reporting for WrestlingWithWrestling.com and the Dragon Suplex Podcasting Network hosted by Near Falls Media and holy fuck am I excited to talk to you guys about NXT TakeOver, Stand and Deliver both nights, kicking off WrestleMania week. I'm not counting the Hall of Fame. I don't watch the Hall of Fame. I'm excited to talk to you guys about AEW. I'm excited to talk to you guys about New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm excited to talk to you guys at all, period, because my computer was broken. I wasn't able to record a podcast last week. I couldn't throw anything together. I need my phone. I need my microphone. I need my computer to do it all. I had my phone, I had my microphone, I didn't have my computer. I found a man in Durham, North Carolina, who works on classic cars and works on MacBooks, but claims that his profession is a garbage man. Very interesting man, he fixed my computer. Uh, I don't know why you'd have the skill of fixing classic cars and MacBooks while keeping your job as a garbage man, but that's what he does. He fights. He fights just like New Japan Pro Wrestling wrestlers fight. Great fucking card. We're going right into it. Uh, It was April 4th, uh, 2021 show. Holy hell. I mean, uh, the first few matches... We're kind of dog shit, not going to lie. They were very goofy, very silly. It was good to see Hiromu, but the first few matches were really bad. I mean, they're six-man tags, eight-man tags, whatever, but they were very silly. I can't stand uh, the uh, the Iron Fist. And then, um, what was it? Oh, yeah, the Blindfold. Uh Yano just puts a blindfold over Dick Togo and hits him with the DDT. A little too much Memphis there. I mean, I always try to tell people that if they don't like the silliness that's in AEW, watch New Japan. But then watching the first two matches here, I'd be like, God, I would look so foolish if I told someone to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling because of how serious it was and they watched these first two matches. Uh, it would... uh you know, it would make me look very silly. That's not why I tuned into New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't want to see this cartoonishness. Uh, I know the Iron Fist has been on there for a long time. This blindfold thing with Toriyano is a new goofiness, but uh, I don't know. It, it kind of threw me off. But what didn't throw me off was Hanare coming out, joining the faction. Great piece of the faction. Another thing that didn't throw me off tanahashi cutting a promo in english that was cool yo being back was really cool challenging desperado was really cool uh and then of course the finish that we'll get into but kind of uh you know everyone knows the finish everyone knows what happened but Cobb attacking ibushi after the main event i thought that was pretty cool too setting up Cobb and ibushi you know those guys are going to kill it so new japan was still new japan especially the last few matches but the first few matches just weren't for me uh zach saber jr gets the victory for his team so dookie and taichi get the victory as well and then like we said before yano blindfolds uh dick togo to help chaos win 
and then we go in kind of into the thick of it here. What I would consider the first match on the show, Okan, Jeff Cobb, and uh, Hanare coming out versus Shingo, Sonata, and Naito. Naito, I mean, apparently he has health issues, but he has fallen so much during this pandemic. I remember when it was him versus Okada, and Okada won, and everyone thought that it was supposed to be Naito? Now look at it. Now, I mean... To no fault of his own, he just his star power just dropped completely. I would say during this pandemic, uh, but tour of the islands and a DVD one two three United Empire wins Tanahashi uh, and Kojima versus Jay White and Fale. The whole story here was Tanahashi not accepting Jay White's challenge and Jay White being like, "Hey man." You're being a bit of a wuss. You're kind of ducking me. And I, I got to agree with Jay White here. I love Tanahashi. Just like I said, I love that promo he cut. But, I mean, you are kind of ducking the man. You have to settle for a tag match. You're a singles champion, man. You're a singles champion. High fly flow to Fale. One, two, three. Tanahashi does get the victory and does cut that promo in English, which was pretty cool. Showing Yo back at it versus Desperado and Kimaru. This was awesome. One, two, three. After a neck breaker, Yo and Sho are the junior tag team champions again, just like it should be. I know a lot of people online are saying that it's always them with the title. It's always them with the title. It fucking should be them with the title. They are the junior tag team champions in New Japan. This is who I see as the junior champions in New Japan. Um, you can go all around the world with those guys. You can go into the uh, Teeny Bopper magazines in Japan with these guys, and I think they fit. They fit in the ring. They fit in the Teeny Bopper magazine. Do it all with them. They're finally back, and it looks like it looks like Sh- uh, Yo is gonna get a IWGP Junior Title shot against Desperado. I think uh, it was good to get the Junior Titles off of them because Desperado star is rising. I don't think Yo should beat Desperado, but I do think it should be a hard fought matchup to help elevate Desperado. Desperado should not drop the title. Until Hiromu is back and healthy. That's what I think. I think uh, much like uh, the IWGP Junior Tag Team Championships are synonymous with Sho and Yo, I think the IWGP Junior uh, Championship is synonymous with Hiromu at this point. Desperado is a good foil for Hiromu. He is a, you know, kind of a no-nonsense where I feel like Hiromu is almost 100% nonsense half the time. The ticking time bomb. That's the undercard, though. Great show, great build. First two matches, garbage. But starting out with Hanare coming out with the Tanahashi shit, uh, and Yo winning the titles... That was all great shit. And then we go right into the main event of the evening. The then IWGP heavyweight champion, Kota Ibushi, coming out with the new title. I saw the new title. I didn't like it. I hated it. I thought it was garbage. Before I realized my computer broke, I did a whole podcast that I was going to do for Wrestling with Wrestling about how I didn't like the title. But then once I saw it around Ibushi's shoulder, he comes out. It kind of looks all right. I mean, uh, give it give it a few defenses, and I probably won't even realize that it was uh, something else before. Even though that uh, that title that Okada had, that title that AJ Styles had, that title that Tanahashi had, the title that Omega had, that's what brought me into New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom Nine. After then, I was hooked. I've watched pretty much every single big show, every single show uh, since then. Um, 
And that was the title that hooked me. It looked like the big gold belt from WCW. It looked like the big gold belt from Batista era SmackDown. I fucking love that shit. I'm a mark for that shit. So to take it away and put some sort of quasi-triangle winged eagle divas championship looking thing together, it's going to take some getting used to. And I think I got used to it here. I It was already spoiled for me, but... Had it not been spoiled for me, I would have thought there was no freaking way that Will Ospreay would have won this gosh darn match. But lo and freaking behold, he wins. And you know what? He's the right man for it. Uh, Very controversial figure nowadays. Seems like he's leaning into that controversy. uh, Hitting the os cutter to his girlfriend a few weeks ago. Uh, I don't know. I mean, usually I would say if you're a heel, lean into the controversy, but it's so hot, man. I don't know if you want to get burned in those waters, Osprey. But nonetheless, bell to bell, he he kills it. He is uh, a good man to have as a champion while Tanahashi has the Never title, while Okada and Naito apparently have injuries, while Ibushi has something to fight for now. He became God, now he's lost being God? Has that ever happened? Has someone become a God and lost being a God? Maybe, I don't know. It's happening right now with Kota Ibushi. How is he going to handle it? How are you going to act, bro? How are you going to act? You got to fight Cobb. He attacked your ass after the match like a dick. And then you got to go after Okan, I would say. And then maybe Hanare. And after you knock all those guys out, go after Osprey. I think there's another Tokyo Dome show coming up. That's right, another freaking Tokyo Dome show coming up. Uh, there hasn't been two Tokyo Dome shows in New Japan for like 15, 20 years. Here's one in 2021. Thank God for the, uh, the social distancing. I think that's the only way that it's feasible for them to have two Tokyo Dome shows in a year. It's sold out. WrestleMania isn't even sold out. So that's really cool. New Japan, I was giving up on you the first two matches. Then I saw Hanare, and I was like, good. Then I saw Tanahashi. I was like, okay, cool, cool. And then I saw Sho and Yo back together, Desperado getting challenged, and then this amazing, amazing uh, like four or five stars. you got to give it four or five stars here, this uh, main event. Go out and check it out. It was great. But that wasn't the only wrestling I watched this week. As you guys know, I love fucking wrestling. I watch a lot of lot of wrestling, and I watched AEW this week. Super really cool shot to begin the show uh, with uh, Inner Circle arriving in their whips and their cars. They look they look freaking cool, and it's a it's just as cool as the Pinnacle looked when they came out in the private jet. But they're pulling up in their fucking rides, man. So it's like okay, these guys are you know high dollar businessmen the pinnacle are high dollar businessmen but inner circle they're rock stars man and uh, they were the heels they were the top heel group for the first few years of AEW but with one promo and one shot of them pulling up in uh in the in their cars their face And speaking of faces that are over with me, how about Hangman Page wins the match, beats Max Caster, and then goes for the cooler right away, drinking his beer, but giving beer away to the crowd. Austin used to catch beers from the crowd, or looked like that from TV. He was catching beers from the crowd. This is a little bit different. This is 2021. Who are you giving the beers to? 
Ask not who's giving you beers in this country. Ask who you can give a beer to in this country. JFK said that in 1969. Adam Hangman Page is living up to that shit in 2021. Of course, Mike Tyson came out. But before Mike Tyson came out, he was speaking with Irvin Meyer. Like, take that, WrestleMania, Bad Bunny, Logan Paul. Uh, Mike Tyson, Irvin, there's no way that someone is flipping through the channels and sees those two men talking and knows who either one of those men are and doesn't just continue watching this program. That was amazing, amazing uh, uh, little clip from AEW there. A very intelligent way to shoot that. And then here comes Jericho. Five o'clock shadow uh, fur jacket. Looks like a pilot. Looks like a pilot who just flew out of hell and brought his like rock band with him. I know he's in Fozzy, but Inner Circle looked like a rock band, man. You look at all these pictures. Like I know all these uh these festival lineups are getting announced. I'm seeing them all over from Furnace Fest to Bonnaroo to uh, the what a bunch of you know more traditional rock festivals lineups are getting announced and all these pictures on these of these rock bands nowadays they look exactly like what inner circle looks like so if you're flipping through channels or you see their image on tv or you know social media you're thinking that these guys are cool to someone. They might not, you might not know who they are, but they're fucking cool to someone. And you can see that right away. It's a really cool look. And you can tell maybe he wasn't, he was never, he was definitely not given uh, a script, but he definitely was given um, like a, a, like a direction of go out there and make this faction face, make this faction a face. And he, they did, they ran down, uh, MJF shitting on the scarf, saying he already did that, saying that he was kind of Michael Nakazara or Peter Avalon, saying that he uh, Tully Blanchard was a third-rate horseman, comparing him to uh, Ole Anderson, uh, just really uh, shitting on just the whole pinnacle, making everyone laugh. He slipped up over his words a little bit, uh, saying that uh, Wardlow could only count to 21 if he was naked. You know, a little dick joke there, or a big dick joke, whatever. A dick joke was said by Jericho. Uh, it was just great. Great promo. You'd say, like, a great promo that, like only Jericho could deliver, but we've seen MJF deliver similar promos these past few weeks. This is going to be the promo battles of all promo battles of this feud, and it's building to... Uh, whatever they call the war games. I can't even remember. Blood and guts match. They promised us war games. The pandemic happened. They couldn't deliver. Everyone understands it, but now they're delivering war games. It's going to be freaking awesome. It's in like three weeks. Pinnacle versus Inner Circle. Old school WCW vibes out the fucking ass here. You got Tully Blanchard. You got Chris Jericho. You got war games. You got the pinnacle. They're kind of a horseman group. You got to freaking love this shit. The, the show that hooked me into being a wrestling fan for my whole life was the 1996 war games in Winston-Salem Coliseum where there was the NWO sting and then the real sting came out, whooped everyone's ass, and then left WCW out to dry because they didn't trust him. They never trusted him. It was the horsemen all along. He was reluctant to trust them in the first place, and here they are not trusting him. Still, still fucking fires me up, man. Chris, 
Christian Cage getting recruited by Taz to join Team Taz. Team Taz can't even agree with each other here, but I think this is going to be good. I think, you know, obviously we're going to get uh, Christian Cage, you know, going up against Will Hobbs, going up against Ricky Starks. And I think they're going to, you know, numbers game, and that's when you're going to see Brian Cage, you know, leave Team Taz team up with christian cage cage and cage versus taz team taz i mean it writes itself there but i really think the sleeper matchup here is christian versus starks starks full of charisma cage captain charisma i think we can definitely get like a a mid-card mjf chris jericho feud here promo battles and in ring they can both kill it so that's really kind of uh what i'm looking forward to out of all of this happening qt marshall cutting a promo you know he's got that new faction now saying that uh cody rhodes couldn't hack it so he went to fight a bunch of vanilla midgets in the indies i can't believe he said vanilla midgets on AEW. uh but then this guy gogo never heard of him he said he was a household name in the uk uh he you know good on the mic and apparently has a legit boxing background so uh i can see a lot with this guy i feel like this guy might be the rock of this nation of domination and qt might be farouk uh i'm sure qt would definitely take that as a compliment if he ever listens to this podcast hopefully he does shout out to qt marshall shout out to this new group um jake the snake is freaking awful on the mic in 2021 i mean 1981 to 1991 give him the mic all day 2001 i don't know what he was doing but 2021 do not give that man a microphone. He called Darby Allen a gerbil. And then he kind of said the line that Archer was supposed to say before Archer came out and took the mic from him. It was ridiculous the whole time. It also looks like they're setting up a few with Darby Allen versus a Butcher and Blade. That way maybe we could get a Sting match in there. Butcher and Blade versus Darby and Sting. Uh, Butcher and Allen would be really good. A big guy throwing around Darby. And Blade is one of the best wrestlers on AEW hidden in a tag team so i'm sure if he gets a tnt title shot that would be really good as well uh pinnacle attacking jericho at the end uh inner circle busting through the door looked really cool but it was all overshadowed by Iron Mike Tyson making the save for Jericho. They've had beef in the past, but they don't have any beef anymore. Jericho's a face now. He saw that promo. Mike Tyson saw that promo. He knows what's good. He came out, ripped his shirt off, whooped Sean Spears' ass, which is hilarious. And it was a great dynamite. Great, great dynamite. Uh, the main event, though, I got to say, I'm really tired of this, these reluctant young bucks. I mean, when they did it in Ring of Honor a few years ago with Kota Bushi and Kenny Omega, that was cool because you weren't really seeing a lot of that stuff. But honestly, we saw a lot of that stuff with Undisputed Era the past few months, and it was done extremely well. So to see it done here, one, you know it's rehashing some old shit, and two, we've just seen it done better on the other show. So, I mean, this Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Good Brothers thing really didn't hit home for me the way it should have hit home, the way that things they've done in the past have hit home for me. So, I mean, the Young Bucks continue this uh, like bad streak of just not really hitting home for me, and it seems like on the internet, many people at home as well, uh, like 
you sign up for the match, but then you don't want to injure Ken, or you don't want to hit Kenny Omega with your finishing move. Like, then why did you sign up for the match? Uh, I don't know. And then why was Moxley uh, teaming with the Bucks? Didn't he know that there were a faction in the first place? It's just all kind of messed up and silly and wishy-washy. Uh, they need to pull that together. They need to get that main event angle together. I like Omega with the title. I like Callus. I like the Good Brothers with Omega. But uh, the Bucks need to just go full face because this wishy-washy heel shit, like wussy heels that, are, that aren't like chicken shit heels, is just weird. It, I don't, I'm not for it. I'm not for it. But the reason I gave you guys a rundown of AEW instead of ranking on the matches this week was because I ranked every single match from NXT TakeOver from worst to freaking first. And next week, I know that NXT is going to begin on Tuesdays next week and AEW is going to be on Wednesdays. I'm still going to rank every single match from worst to first from NXT and AEW. So if you're a fan of the Wednesday Night Wars, the Wednesday Night Wars will live on here on the Curtain Jerkin podcast. We're going to be talking New Japan. We're going to be talking a lot of cool stuff coming up. I want to watch the Jake Paul fight that's coming up. I'm going to watch uh, the Super 8 Tournament from ECWA. Of course, next week we're going to be talking about a shit ton of WrestleMania. We're going to rank every WrestleMania match from worst to first. So if you're listening to this and you like what you hear, just keep listening to it because it's going to be fucking awesome. And if you really, really like it, jump in my DMs on Twitter at JG Pro Wrestling and pick up a gosh darn baseball tee. They're sick. They're red. They're white. They got the big curtain jerking logo on it that I'm sure you could see if you're listening to this podcast. That logo on a red and white baseball tee, you know that looks sick. I can tell you thinking that's sick right now. If you got the money, jump in my DMs. They're 25 American dollars each. I will ship them wherever you live. I'm going to try not to get bummed out here because we have NXT TakeOver to talk about. I'm going to try not to get bummed out, but we're going worst to first. So that means we got to talk about this gosh darn gauntlet match. It started out with Leon Rush versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. Like both these guys. Big fan of Isaiah Swerve Scott, but how many times have we seen this matchup in the last five, six weeks? And then you got Bronson Reed coming out. You got Cameron Grimes coming out. He was kind of cool. He's always cool paying off Isaiah Swerve Scott to, you know, to help him out. But then Loomis comes out, gets eliminated. It's like, okay, why were we watching for all these weeks if Loomis isn't going to win this thing? And then you're like, oh, it's going to be the new guy. It's going to be LA Knight. Well, that doesn't really make much sense, a heel versus a heel. And then he goes out. And then Bronson Reed. It's like, okay, I think we've already seen this match. There's no way Bronson Reed's going to beat Gargano. So it's like this match was so bad, so poorly booked, that it ruined a match on a whole other show. So that's why this is number 10. The Women's Tag Championship match from night two. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. Champs retain. Shauncee Blackheart is still hot. So that's number nine. Number eight is the Curtain Jerker. The show that kicked, the match that kicked off it all for these two mat these two shows, Dunn versus Koshida. But you know what? After all these amazing matches, it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. It you know it's number eight, number seven, North American Championship, Bronson Reed versus Gargano. It was a great match. If it was just a standalone match and it wasn't attached to the gauntlet, it might be a little high. It honestly is tied with Dunn and Koshida. Eight and seven interchangeable. Number six, Women's Championship match. Uh, it was cool to see a title change. Uh, 
you know, that's noteworthy, that's newsworthy. Was Raquel Gonzalez necessarily ready for that position? I don't think so. I think she has unfinished business with Dakota Kai. I really do think that uh, Io Shirai jumping off that skull really saved it. That's why it's number six. That's why it's ranked so high is because Io Shirai jumped off that freaking skull. Reminded me of Sabu jumping off the, the raw a in 1997 it brought me back Io Shirai is is my shit she needs to go to the main roster uh maybe to fight Sasha I'd like to see her on Smackdown fighting Sasha fighting Bailey fighting all the other women that have an NXT legacy over there and then also I mean Bianca Belair hopefully you know she has a great mania and we see Io versus Bianca in a marquee situation on Fox that would be really cool number five the men's championship match. Finn Balor versus Cross. Don't get me wrong, great matchup here. But I mean, there is a lot of good matches on these cards. So it's number five. It's right there. Five out of ten. What can you do? Middle middle of the pack. Also middle of the pack tag team triple threat. I would say five and four interchangeable. But then these top three are freaking amazing matches. The cruiserweight match, the match that kicked off a night, uh kicked off night two. So good. I'm a sucker for a cruiserweight match. I'm a sucker for a ladder match. So you know I love this match. Pablo Escobar. The only reason it's three and it's not in the upper echelon of two or one is because uh, Helio Del Fantasma's involvement in it. I really think that it could have stood alone and you could have really made uh, Escobar here just beating Jordan Devlin. And Jordan Devlin is, I mean kind of best when he's a heel so kind of getting heat on a heel i mean it doesn't it's not as cool as it usually is so that was cool number two the uk championship match i wanted to go yomaso because i want to see yomaso in uk in nxc uk but walter you gotta give it to him i mean you gotta put walter's run in nxc uk up there with oscar's run in nxt at this point that's up there she's up there uh, walter's up there breathing rarefied air right now as one of the best championships champions in nxc history nxc uk or nxc main roster men or women he is killing it right now he's freaking killing it right now uh chopping hard as shit you know just he's just all about it man super cool just low-key veteran just beating the fuck out of people you gotta love it but number one i mean come on if if someone is ranking these matches and they don't give it to cole or o'reilly cole versus o'reilly then stop listening to the dang podcast it was it was designed for them to be the best it, they were the best it was unsanctioned you gotta love it you know right away they bring out the chairs. They brawl with the chairs. And then Kyle O'Reilly comes and brings the chains, puts the chains around his foot, just starts kicking the shit out of Cole's face. Then figure four by Cole with the chains. Holy hell, I made a joke on Twitter. Is this what they call chain wrestling? I, I popped. Seems like a few other people popped. It was great. Um, it was, And then with the tire iron. Then you got to love the Bam Bam Bigelow Taz spot going through the ramp. Then they go back in the ring. Cole talking shit on the top rope. Low blow. Boom. That Cole talking shit is what ended it for him. You got to love that. How poetic. 
Kyle O'Reilly gets the victory. One, two, three. What's going to happen to him now? Hopefully O'Reilly stays down there. Cross versus O'Reilly needs to be the title picture. Cole goes to SmackDown. Finn goes to Raw. You can have... Hopefully everyone forgot about Finn versus Bray. You could do Finn versus Bray. You could do... uh, Finn versus Randy, you could do Finn versus AJ. I mean, all these matches you've kind of seen before, but they're going to be a little bit more fresher. They're going to be a little bit better. You can do Finn versus New Day. You could do a lot. Finn versus Riddle. And then Cole on SmackDown. Cole versus Seth. Cole versus Ray. I mean, Cole can talk his way into a lot of situations that we need to see on SmackDown. Cole versus Daniel Bryan. Cole versus Edge. I mean, you can list it on and on and on. I think that's what they need to do now. The two guys who lost in these two main events need to move up or move over however you see it. But Cole needs to go to SmackDown. Finn needs to go to Raw. I mean, nothing needs to happen, but this is what I would like to happen, of course. What a way to kick off the in-ring portion of the WrestleMania week. I'm looking forward to WrestleMania. Holy hell, NXT TakeOver was amazing. AW was good. New Japan Pro Wrestling is good. It feels... It feels like it's WrestleMania week, people. Fly high. I'm out.